Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. How do we vote for the Pope? Friends, today on God's Playbook, we're going to talk about the papal conclave, how a Pope is elected. This is something that intrigues many people, and I pray that might be intriguing for you as well. You may know the process, some parts of the process, or perhaps this is going to be totally new for you. Wherever we are in the gamut of things, I think it's very important for us to realize that this is not a popularity contest. This is not who social trends suggest. This is not about bribery, but rather this is who does the Holy Spirit want to guide the church? So let's unpack this a bit, friends. When we often think about leadership in the world, oftentimes the person who rises to the top position may be somebody who worked in that area for a long time, perhaps has an advanced level of expertise. When we think of sports, the captain might be somebody who's been with the same franchise or team for a period of time, or perhaps signed from another franchise that has over the years established leadership qualities. When we think of who the Pope is to be, the Pope is the Vicar of Christ, God's representative here on earth who leads the Catholic Church. But the Pope is not the most important person. The Pope's job is to serve the entire church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, as we call her. And so let's talk about how a Pope is elected. In past episodes, friends, we've talked about the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. So as a reminder, we have the Pope, then we have the cardinals, the archbishops and bishops, then we have the priests and women religious and religious brothers and deacons who serve the church and ordained and consecrated life. And then we have the laity whose needs are met by the structure of the church. And yet it's all about growing in holiness that draws us to God. But when we think about the election of a pope, this is determined by what's called the group of cardinals or the college of cardinals. And so throughout the world, cardinals under the age of 80 are called to Rome to gather in the Sistine Chapel. I pray that many of you, if not all of us, have an opportunity to pray and walk through the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican. On its ceiling, it's known for its beautiful artwork, on its walls, and just the aura of the beautiful chapel signifies the long-standing tradition that it is in that room that the Holy Spirit dictates who the next vicar of Christ, who the next pope should be. So at a time when the pope is to be elected, cardinals gather from all over the world, and those, as I mentioned, under 80, have the right to vote. The cardinals gather, once again, not like student council, or perhaps in a local or national election. This is not to be a campaign Everyone vote for Father Rico because he really wants to be the next pope. That's not what this is about. 
but rather the carnals gather after much prayer, with the pinnacle being the Mass itself. The cardinals enter into prayer and ask God which person the Holy Spirit determines should be the next successor of St. Peter, the next Pope of our church. And so after much prayer and some discussion, the election of the Pope takes place. Each cardinal has one vote. They are able to vote for themselves or somebody who through prayer they have determined would be a good leader for our church. Like in secular sections, leadership is important. And many cardinals have done great work for the church and most importantly for God throughout the world. Sometimes much of this work is done in the background. Sometimes cardinals are known globally for some of the efforts they have done to bring God to the people, to make God known, to help to establish the teachings of our church in more concrete and relatable ways, or perhaps being just very good shepherds of God's people, having the heart like the heart of Jesus. And so a private vote takes place and the ballots are collected. In order to be elected, they must have a two-thirds majority. As each of the votes are read aloud, though collected anonymously, if there is a two-third majority, then that individual is asked, would they accept? The individual who has been voted still has the opportunity to decline. And what I failed to mention, friends, is within the conclave itself, no cell phones, no outside media sources, and everything is under strict confidence. Nothing is to be shared with the outside world. And the purpose of this is not meant to be secretive in any way, but rather it's to create an environment where there is no other factor involved other than the Holy Spirit speaking to us. In many cases, it may take several elections to come to the two-third majority. Cardinals may receive few or many votes, and it may take time for the Holy Spirit to make his desires known to us, or most importantly, for the cardinals to truly listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. There is a chimney in which, after the ballots are read, if a pope is not elected, the ballots are then burned, once again showing the anonymity and the secrecy of the vote itself. A particular element is added to the fire, which then burns black smoke. So the people standing in St. Peter's Basilica, as they see smoke exit the chimney, know that with black smoke, a decision has not yet been made. Further prayer is then followed by another vote. If the two-third majority is concluded and the individual does accept this position, then the ballots are once again burned in the chimney 
and a particular element is added to create a white smoke. Let's think back to the election of Pope Francis, formerly known as Cardinal Bergoglio. Do you remember where you were, friends, when the papal vote took place? I remember I was the priest at St. Joseph's in Grimsby, and I was taking our families on a family skate. And I thought to myself, if I knew that the vote was today, I wouldn't have picked it as a family skate because I wanted to be right near the television. But with the beauty of technology, I remember streaming it at the ice rink, and I kept looking at my phone, and some of the kids were saying, Father, what are you doing on your cell phone? I said, I'm waiting to see if we get a new pope. You know, it was an exciting time. I pray that you also remember where you were, friends. But I remember when the white smoke took place and people were saying, our new pope is Cardinal Bergoglio. I thought, I've never even heard of Cardinal Bergoglio. By no means do I have a roster of cardinals by my bedside that I study and get to know. I trust that God is using the cardinals in beautiful ways, but yet I didn't know the Argentinian cardinal. But now I know very well that the Holy Spirit has given us an awesome, awesome vicar of Christ and Pope Francis. So for many years, the tradition of the church was an Italian cardinal who was elected. But of course, most recently, our last three are not Italian at all. John Paul II, coming from Poland, as Cardinal Watiwa. We had Pope Benedict XVI, the German cardinal, Cardinal Ratzinger. And then, of course, Pope Francis, as I mentioned, the Argentinian cardinal, Cardinal Bergoglio. So as the cardinal who has now been accepted to be the pope then puts on the white garments that we are so comfortable seeing, the white cassock, which is the clothing that the pope usually wears, that white robe that you see him in, the little cap that he wears, which is called a zucchetto, which is white, again, symbolizing white, the color of heaven, the color of purity, the color of holiness, that the Pope, who we don't say is holy, he's striving for holiness and calling us to holiness. He wears that color and then goes out onto the balcony to greet the people of God for the first time and to be formally introduced to the world as the next vicar of Christ, the next Holy Father. This brings great excitement for indeed, God has given us a Pope. Do you remember Pope Francis's first audience? I remember hearing the words, please pray for me. The humble words of Cardinal Bergoglio, who recognized the great gift that God has asked of him, the great mission to lead the church for a number of years that only God knows. And I pray that Pope Francis will continue to guide our church for many years to come. May God's will be done. You might ask yourself, Father Rico, who could be elected Pope? Technically, friends, it can be any ordained Catholic man. But generally, our church history is that the Pope is chosen from one of the cardinals of the church. Given their experience and leadership, having a heart like the sacred heart of Jesus, and guiding the people of God to come to know and love God more. So the papal conclave, friends, again, sometimes in social circles is seen as, you know, something that is perhaps 
focused on popularity contests or nepotism or other things, but this is far from true. Let us continue to thank God for the gift of our church, for the human leadership that is far from perfect, of course, as we are all sinners, I know I am, and yet God chooses me and God chooses you, friends, to be his hands and feet. Let us thank God for Pope Francis, for Pope Benedict, for Pope John Paul II, and all those before who have served the church as Pope in helping us to come to know God, to love God, and to serve God more and more. As we come to understand our church and its richness and its traditions and history, perhaps the next time you have the opportunity to visit the Sistine Chapel. Let's stop being tourists for a moment and taking photographs, which, by the way, are not allowed. And as they say, silencio, silencio, which means be quiet. Security is not just being mean. They're calling us to use that space for what it truly is. A piece of art? Yes. An experience of culture? Yes. A place of prayer? Absolutely. Perhaps the next time you're in the Sistine Chapel, or for the first time that you are, I encourage you to just sit on one of the ledges, bow your head in prayer, and thank God for the popes that you're aware of, perhaps cardinals that you've met, or just in thanksgiving for the gift of the church, and thanking the Holy Spirit for speaking to us as human beings helping us to find proper leadership and guiding us to heaven. Let's always pray for our Holy Father that he may be open to the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Spirit pushing us outside of our comfort zones, helping to guide especially those who are most vulnerable, those who have no voice, and those whose voice is heard to be the words, the hands, and the actions of Jesus in our world. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Pope Francis. We thank you for the gift of many popes, who as successors of St. Peter have helped to guide us in many ways. Bless our Pope and all members of the Church. Help us to be holy as you call us to be. We have a rich tradition in our church, which also gives us an indulgence to pray for our Holy Father. This is something that is encouraged at the end of every holy hour. I encourage us to pray at the end of every rosary or every devotion we make and every day of our lives. Not just to get the indulgence, although I know I need indulgences and I would encourage you to ask God for indulgences too. We can never have enough grace, but that I have a, not only a duty, but a desire to pray for our Holy Father to keep him safe and that he will continue to be a strong witness of faith for our world, not just for the Catholic Church, but for all peoples. So let's pray and ask God to bless Pope Francis together. We pray one Our Father, one Hail Mary, and one Glory Be for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you, and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe, at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks, and God bless.